to Start Dripping Get Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Natalie. And I'm Tabitha. And today we're going to talk about Lent. And we have two special guests with us um, that are just going to give us some insight into this celebration of this celebrated season. So we have Gordon. Hi, guys. And Carrie. <laughs> hey, everyone. So Carrie has been on the podcast before. If you haven't listened to our episode about The Sims' 10th anniversary in Fredericksburg, go listen to it because it's great and it's got Carrie on it. So that's enough of a reason to go listen to it. Um, but Gordon, could you please introduce yourself? Tell us a little about yourself. Um, what do you do here at the center? Absolutely. Um, well, I've been here for um, almost all 24 years of my life. Uh, my mother was the uh, campus minister back when this was the Baptist Student Union. Nice. I was born the day that they were going to do their Christmas party, but I happened instead. <laughs> so you I kind of yes, <laughs> I was the gift <laughs> to the BSU. Um, so yeah, I remember uh, playing on these floors, like with my trucks, when mom had stuff to do in the office. Um, as I grew up, um, things kind of um, just changed. You know, life life trajectories just kind of changed. Rough school came back. Um, now I kind of hang around the uh, college students, hang out with the college ministry a bit. Um, the spinoff uh, church that's associated with the college ministry, uh, I'm on the uh, elder team for that. Um, I'm the treasurer, I handle the money, um, mm-hmm. as well as just kind of present. And I fancy myself to be a, a lay apologist, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> someone who's uh, interested in uh, answering questions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, removing doubts and removing intellectual barriers to mm-hmm. true faith. Mm-hmm. And Gordon is one of the smartest sounding people that I know, <laughs> at least. That just means I use big Scrabble words. Yeah, but. he uses big Scrabble words and he is great for a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Very, so, um, would you please also introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Carrie Sims, I've been um, directing along with Gin in the Center for Faith and Leadership for the last uh, almost 11 years. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I've just seen a lot evolve and change, and it's really cool to hear Gordon's um, <laughs> reflection there mm-hmm. about how he's been here longer than all of us. So, <laughs> um, so true. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Today we're going to talk about Lent, and so we just have you two here to just kind of give us some backstory. Like, what is Lent? What is the history of it? If you all know, this is why we have Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> and basically, like, what's the purpose? Um, well, Lent is a time in the uh, liturgical church calendar um, for 40 days. That is not including Sundays. So it's, mm-hmm. I believe it's 40 weekdays before Easter. Mm-hmm. It starts with Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday. And it's a time when we reflect on um, our mortality, um, as well as um, removing removing temptations and worldly pleasures for 40 days before we, before we go about the rest of our year. It's a reflection of the 40 days that Jesus spent uh, being tempted in the desert. It's uh, been historically a time of, of fasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are um, all sorts of traditions. Uh, I mean, the, the Western Catholics have their tradition. Eastern Catholics have different tradition. Orthodox are also different. You know, everyone kind of has a different take on it. But um, it is a historical practice that goes back very early in, in church history, mm-hmm. uh, almost back to the Desert Fathers, like the Cappadocian and, and, and Desert Fathers, where um, they would literally fast for like 40 days. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, our fasts look a little different. Um, we pick things that um, uh, we try practicing our self-control by by removing. Um, but yeah, Cappadocian and Desert Fathers would actually like they would not eat bread yeah. or water, like just like Jesus for forty days. Which wow, is, that takes a lot. That's <laughs> so wait, I have a follow-up question. To that. Yeah, sure. So um, you said that the forty days is like mirroring Jesus's forty days in the wilderness, right? 
but then our 40 days leads up to Easter, but mm-hmm. his 40 days in the wilderness wasn't, that wasn't right before. That was not, that was actually at the start of his ministry. Right. So it was the 40 days of temptation mm-hmm. before he started his public ministry. Right. And so that's a parallel to us that we spend our 40 days in parallel of Jesus, um, also being tempted and practicing self-control before we go back to what we call ordinary time mm-hmm. in the liturgical calendar, mm-hmm. which is the rest of our year. Yeah. Right? So it's the lead up to Easter, which I always see as like the Christian New Year almost. Yes. It's yeah. a time of like fresh starts, right? And fresh beginnings. And so after that, like after our wilderness time mm-hmm. of Lent, those 40 days, then we're ready to go out after Easter. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Into ordinary time so, with what we've yeah. built up. Okay, that makes yes. sense. That does make sense. And also, um, the point of it being right before us before Easter was historically, and um, Ash Wednesday specifically, which is the first day of, of Lent, um, was a time for those that have fallen out of the faith to come and do their public penance before mm-hmm. you know they come and be accepted back into their church body, mm-hmm. right? And so Easter was the time when the, uh, how do you pronounce it, catechumen? Oh, so yeah, candidates, catechumen. Yeah. Yeah, candidates for, for baptism, right? So historically, baptisms happened on Easter. That was when you were accepted into the church. And so the 40 days before Easter was that time as a catechumen slash if you've left the church or are now paying penance mm-hmm. right back before joining, you were, it was done before the new year, right? Mm-hmm. Before, um, before you were baptized. Okay. So you would come in and, you know, come back to the church or whatever, come back like Ash Wednesday. And then you would have those 40 days to just set aside distractions and just like to pay public penance. Yeah. And just be with God, repent, relearn, grow. And then Easter new year. And then there you are. You're baptized and you're now part of the church. Well, it's interesting that, um, I don't know, it's hard for me to think of Easter as a new year just because in the liturgical calendar, new year starts uh, with the first Sunday of Advent. Mm -hmm. But um, but what's interesting about um, the the Easter holiday or, yeah, holy day Mm -hmm. is that it is, um, it's actually, it's not just a day. It's just like Christmas isn't Mm -hmm. a day. It's actually a season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, the, I think 50 days, is it 50 days that follow? Easter, it's either 40 or 50. I think it's 50, actually. Maybe check that. Um, <laughs> 50 days after Easter is, is the season of Easter. Mm-hmm. And so and then up until Pentecost, which is um, basically the last holiday, holy day before ordinary time. And then so it typically, you know, for us, it falls in the summer. So Pentecost is always late May, early June, mm-hmm. which is a celebration, obviously, of Acts 2 and the Holy Spirit falling at Pentecost and yeah it's a real celebration of yeah the whole the Holy Spirit falling and, and the church actually becoming mm-hmm. church and then we go into ordinary time and it just I love I love the calendar I love mm-hmm. there's so much meaning there mm-hmm. but there is Lent is a prepare preparatory time for people to uh, receive the fullness of the life the resurrected life um, that we celebrate in Easter so mm-hmm. it's you know, whether, you know, in, in our community, in the center community house church, we do baptisms on Easter. That's not always the case mm-hmm. in every church, but we like to really um, kind of go ancient with that <laughs> yeah. and um, and baptize on, on Easter Sunday. As we look at the purpose of Lent mm-hmm. in our community and like mm-hmm. personally, mm-hmm. what ways can that be misconstrued mm-hmm. or misinterpreted? Yeah. You know, a lot of people who are resistant to Ash Wednesday have bad experience, maybe either um, growing up in a, in a church where they felt that the focus was more on their 
um, their depravity, which we are, that is part of it. Mm -hmm. But if there's not kind of the, the, the self-reflective piece, if it's, it's, if it's not about, if it's not unto a resurrected Mm -hmm. life, then it kind of does lose its meaning and it becomes kind of this chore or, you know, fasting or giving up or taking up just becomes this like list of rules and very legalistic. And so Mm -hmm. I can think, I think it's been probably misconstrued and, you know, not practiced well um, Mm -hmm. throughout the ages, you know, probably still is in some ways Mm -hmm. um, sometimes. So our focus here is really to focus on the, um, our dependence on God, really, you Mm -hmm. know, on Ash Wednesday here at the center we um, we asked each other, and as we marked each other's forehead, we said, you know, to dust you, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Mm-hmm. So it's just a, a rem- just a reminding ourselves of um, our dependence on God, and that we we are His, we were created for Him, um, and then Lent is a is an opportunity to to depend on God more mm-hmm. as yeah. we mm-hmm. as we limit ourselves mm-hmm. with what we partake in and what we. Uh, experience you should be i mean you should be focusing on self-control and focusing on your relationship with god throughout the year right mm-hmm. but it's like lent is the time when we especially pay attention to it mm-hmm. um and so yeah if you want to if you talk if you want to talk about misuse of it um it really comes down to the heart posture yeah right mm-hmm. and so giving up something like dieting from something giving up you know sweets for lent without adding in that mm-hmm. self-control prayer is just a diet yeah. it's not a fast mm-hmm. a fast is Ooh, when you yes um, so a fast <laughs> is when you are actively giving something up but you're replacing it with yeah. your dependence on god yeah and that sounds kind of ushy mushy but like it it's true that like yeah. every time like i i am tempted with like what i've given up for Lent, um i remind myself okay i feel this temptation and now i am i'm in that 40-day mode of mm-hmm. like okay i'm just not going to I'm not going to pay attention to it, but instead it's, okay, God, help me with this temptation, prepare mm-hmm. me, cleanse my heart, right? And so it's all of that, um, there's a Latin term that's used, uh, memento mori, remember your death, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yes, you know, it's, there's that morbidity of like, oh, I don't want to be a downer and think about my death and think mm-hmm. about how weak I am, but it's true. It's that 40 days of reminding yourself that, especially when me, when I've already failed, <laughs> I've been fast a few times, yeah. but it's, it's it's a, a specific time when you remember where your strength comes from mm-hmm. instead of you just giving up something for 40 days. And that has been the abuse in the past that I've seen and that I've experienced where it's, okay, well, yeah, I'm just going to give up sweets, right? And then, but you never just like mm-hmm. turn to God and it, and it just becomes, yeah. it just becomes a diet, you know, you're just, you're just dieting instead of yeah. fasting, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. You might have already answered this in what you just said, but how do you keep this practice from becoming legalistic? And how do you keep it intentional and real? Yeah, I think that I think they're replacing it with a, it's a spir- it's a spiritual undertaking mm-hmm. that uses that leans on physical limitations mm-hmm. often, but the goal is definitely a spiritual renewal. Um, so I would say that that's a big part of it. Heart posture is just it's the most important thing. Heart yeah. posture, yeah, um, and also just the practicality of it. Like if you just remind yourself that it's just forty days, then. It's not like, oh, this is going to be my life forever. No, yeah. it's like, um, it's that mental, mm-hmm. mental, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like perseverance of like, mm-hmm. it's okay, it's only 40 days. So mm-hmm. I can be very intentional yeah. about these 40 days mm-hmm. and know that this is, it's the beauty of the church calendar, right? It's, it's these motions, it's these yeah. moves as the things rhythm. change, it's the rhythm of the year. And so mm-hmm. this is my rhythm right now. Mm-hmm. And it's 40 days and it's 
you have the the fortitude, the mental fortitude to be very intentional during these 40 days instead of like, okay, well, I'm just going to give up sweets for the rest of the year or like the rest of my life yeah. until, you know, it's, uh, there's an end to it. So it allows you to be mm. very goal oriented. I want to spend time with yeah. God for these 40 days. God help me with my fast. And I think like, as you grow in it, um, as you grow in like the seasonal Lent, because I, I didn't grow up with Lent. And so like now I'm like practicing that with these 40 days, but then you can take that throughout the year, right? You can take Lent like throughout. That's what I was just thinking. Mm -hmm. uh, exactly right. It, my experience of Lent has been that some of the things I have taken up or given up have become part of my life. Mm -hmm. Like yes. I can think of yeah. Lent that I, the seasons of Lent that I practiced, you know, five, six years ago that ha that marked me forever. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I do them regularly now with joy mm -hmm. because I practice them and, and saw the benefit or mm -hmm. um, just experience, not just the benefit, but just yeah, I just wanted to make it part of my life, not just something I do for a short time. I wanted it to become part of who I was. So mm -hmm. that is, it, yeah. it, you know, and it gives you an opportunity to practice some of these, yeah. uh, build some muscles and yeah, um, building spiritual muscles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really that's really what it is. Yeah. Discipline, practice, discipline, yeah. and self control. That's right. Um, but yeah, I can definitely echo that. Like, I mean, just right now, like in the middle of of my Lenten fast, like one one of the things I'm fasting from is spare electronics usage that is not directly related to work or things i need to get done like unfortunately you can't just give up electronics yeah right mm -hmm. especially i mean i'm an engineer so like i work <laughs> on computers right? yeah. so like i just can't <laughs> just give it up right um but i also have other responsibilities like emails and keeping yeah. track of paperwork for the church or like you know whatever yeah. um but it's this i do feel happier and freer with like wait, I'm not doom scrolling on my yeah. phone in the morning yeah. when I get up to go to work. You know, it's yeah. um, it's something I can very easily see myself living into later. It's mm -hmm. as soon as you start to remove things from your life, you start to realize just how not necessary they are mm -hmm. and how much freer you, you know, with, with those limitations. You know, you feel freedom mm -hmm. under those limitations mm -hmm. of, you know, where the boundaries are and then you've given it up and you're like, wow, like, I didn't actually need this. Mm -hmm. So there's like that practical aspect of it too, outside of the spiritual mm -hmm. discipline mm -hmm. exercise. Yeah, I love that word freedom. I think that that really is the goal in so much of our Christian mm -hmm. life. You know, taking these practices really helps simplify your life, and you realize you have right. you have more time than you think you do mm -hmm. in the in these scenarios because you're you're limiting mm -hmm. how you spend your time in some ways. This idea of like restriction versus freedom yeah. and just like switching your viewpoint of it. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. So we're talking about like our experiences, but and I know that I said that I did not grow up with Lent. When did you guys start to observe it? Uh, yeah. I also did not grow up with it. And so again, and I met in a charismatic Anglican church that followed the church, can the church calendar so that would have been like early 2000s. So I was, you know, I was out of college. I was in my late 20s. But I was so, we both were. We were both really formed by um, an observance of the church mm -hmm. calendar. And it just has helped us. So I would say for me, it's many years ago now. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I was in my late, I was at, well out of school and in my late 20s. And I, it just, it formed us mm -hmm. because, and now it's like, I, I can't not do it. It's yeah. not a thing mm -hmm. that like, I'm not trying to be some, be something by mm -hmm. being liturgical in my like, year. <laughs> It's just that like, it's a rhythm that gets mm -hmm. in yeah. your system and yeah. you just kind of can't help yourself, but follow it. Yeah. And that's what a rhythm is. Yeah. You don't have to force rhythm. yourself to follow yeah. a rhythm. Yeah. It just happens. It's a natural rhythm. Exactly. Well, something cool that I was just thinking about that we've been talking here at the center uh, with like the, the church being the family, we talked about predictable patterns. Mm -hmm. 
And I was just thinking as we were talking about rhythms, I was like, that's a way that we can keep predictable patterns in our life is following the liturgical calendar. So just like bringing spirituality into every part of our life, into every rhythm of our life. Mm -hmm. And so Lent is just a, like a little part of that. It's just one season. It's just one season. Yep. Of one many season. seasons throughout yeah. the church calendar. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. But I started uh, actually my junior year of college. I was a part of the part of the CNU's campus Catholic ministry. Um, I was really close in with the Catholics that were there. And uh, I remember going to mass after my church I had in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so twice, twice to church on a Sunday, um, going to mass on campus and, uh, father John David was the parish priest and was the one giving the homily for, for mass. And it was during Lent and he made it a point, uh, this was like the first time where I was like, okay, well, what is Lent? You know, for me, right. So like three Baptists, you know, mm -hmm. didn't know really what Lent was. So this is my first introduction. And Father John David just gave this homily on the use of Lent for building sympathy with those that have less than you. So like this was actively the fasting, right? This was like, okay, actually fasting on Wednesday specifically, um, not only eating one meal, right? And a part of that spiritual practice of fasting is you're starting to feel like what it's, what it's like to actually be hungry. Mm -hmm. And then that builds active sympathy with those that don't have food. Um, and I just remember that homily just digging in me was mm -hmm. like, okay, you know, liturgical calendar aside, you know, because this was back before I was liturgical, I was like, okay, well, even just aside, this is a good thing. Like I should be building sympathy with those that are less fortunate than I. Mm -hmm. Um, so why not? Let's try. Yeah. And so that's just kind of where it started. Um, and so I try to keep that in the back of my head. My current Linton fast doesn't have anything that has to do with, you know, that type of Linton fast, but. But the, the words from Father John David definitely echo in my head yeah. every every year through, through Lent. Yeah. Well, it kind of goes along with something um, that I was reading earlier about Lent, about almsgiving, mm -hmm. which is like a little bit more Catholic. But <laughs> the idea still kind of stands like as we're looking at Lent and we're, you know, having sympathy with those less fortunate than us, like that's kind of a reflection of almsgiving. Yes, absolutely. So that can just like kind of tie in as well. There's so many things to think about in yeah. Lent. You know, like once you understand the history and then you understand like why you're doing it, you can use your heart posture and then it's like, you know, just all fits together and it's just so cool. And it just, it, it, I think it reveals the holiness of God. Absolutely. And yeah, yeah I just think it's amazing. Yeah. The historicity well, of the church and the culture of the yeah. historical church is a marathon, yeah. not yeah, a sprint. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's a lifelong <laughs> process of learning and reflecting and mm -hmm. sanctification. Let me introduce a new topic. Let's throw another one in there. <laughs> so I am taking a class right now about the study of religion. So we're studying from like a secular point of view, these different theorists who theorize about the philosophy and the psychology of religious experience and stuff like that. And one of the things that one of the theorists talked about, I can't remember who, um, they were talking about like calendars, basically, religious calendars and cycles their theory was that to the religious person, these cycles aren't just imitating what happened. They're like a true recreation mm -hmm. of what you're representing. Yeah. So we're not just thinking about Jesus in the wilderness during those 40 days. Like we are becoming like mm -hmm. in the heart of yes. Jesus in those 40 days. As we give up things, we also take up things. Mm -hmm. So like for me, can I tack on to that? Yes, so <laughs> I had only ever heard of giving up things yeah. for Lent. I didn't know that you could pick up things for Lent. Mm -hmm. So here at the center, like what I've heard is that 
you choose something to give up, that way you can focus on something better. So like, I might give up Instagram to focus on, I don't know, reading a prayer in the morning. But I'm just wondering how, like, is that taking up idea? Is that part of the original design for Lint? Or how does that change our mindset around it? I don't I don't know actually, but <laughs> my hunch is that the take up part is more of an innovation mm-hmm. over time. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I again I, I also echo I don't I actually don't know the historicity of adding on things. However, if you want to if you want to be a lawyer and you want to play between mm-hmm. if you want to if you want to play between the, the lines, taking mm-hmm. up something can also just be stated as the the giving up of something else. Mm-hmm. Right. So like let's say you wanted to take up exercise, right? Uh, it's like, oh, I do an hour of exercise a day, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna add that to my Linton fast, right? Do an hour mm-hmm. of exercise a day. You can state that as a negative. You can mm-hmm. state that as a, I'm giving up not being active. So it's, it's kind of one of the same. So and I can also, oh, so I was just gonna say, it can yeah. also have, um, I think that same sort of disciplinary effect of creating discipline in our lives. This taking up, it's, you know, I've heard people take up. Um, journaling and prayer mm-hmm. journaling, you know, which is a form of prayer, is definitely a discipline, mm-hmm. is difficult, takes energy, takes time. And so that would be, to me, it feels like similar to somebody giving up social media so that they can pray more. So mm-hmm. I, I just think mm-hmm. it is kind of in how you spin it's it. A, it's yeah. a give and take. Both yeah. of them are always there. It's just in how we say it. Talk about it. Maybe the, the explicit language of like adding something to your life is probably an innovation. However, the mindset, the, the the spiritual intention is historic. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess just kind of to sum all this up, we've been talking about um, just the comparisons, just different ways of looking at Lent, which I think is really cool. Um, and just some things that I just want to t- touch on in summary. Like we talked about how Lent is a fast versus a diet. It's not something that, you know, you give up without um, having any any spiritual contact, you know, yeah. it, it's one and the same. And then we also talked about um, restriction versus freedom and how it, it's just kind of the same type of thing that we just said. Um, you know, Lent is not something that we have to regret. It's something that we have the opportunity to participate mm-hmm. with yes. Jesus in. It gives us the freedom into new patterns that we get to take up. And uh, we talked about new rhythms and just talking about the predictable patterns in our life and how mm-hmm. as we create these rhythms with the, with the liturgical calendar, we can invite people into that. And it's something easy, mm-hmm. something easy that like, you know, most people are familiar with. Yeah. And so they can take it up with us. And then that's how they get to know who Jesus is more. So we get to embody Jesus through the liturgical calendar. I love that summary of Lent being something that we don't have to do, but something that we get to do. Yeah. It's, it's something that we don't have to restrict ourselves. You don't have to do a Linton fast, mm-hmm. but it's something that we get to do. Mm-hmm. And how much of that is like the rest of the liturgical calendar and more of your sacramental focused practices where it's not something that you're required to do. It's mm-hmm. not an act that brings us closer to God, but it is something that we get to do mm-hmm. that allows us to allows for us to use our bodies in a way that grows us. It's like, it's like a physical process of sanctification that mm-hmm. we get to see. Mm-hmm. It's a way of us, it's a, it's a grace God has given us to be able to see and actively do something. And we actually get to see the physical results of our spiritual practice. Yeah. Um, as we're talking, I was just thinking about the verse in Romans 12, talking about um, 
the transforming of your mind and body and how it's, yes, it's internal, but as we internalize that, we get to use this tool as a way to show that to other people and bring it into it and yes. bring them into mm-hmm. it. So it's, it's almost a way of evangelism as well. It absolutely is. It yeah. is an outward expression of an inward truth. Opportunity, the evangelical, evangelistic opportunity <laughs> with inviting people into these practices. Mm-hmm. I can think of uh, two times where, you know, we tend to have, Gannon and I celebrate Epiphany, um, the January 6th or 12th night, January 5th day, um, because, you know, it's the last day of Christmas because Christmas is 12 days. Mm-hmm. It's not just a day. Mm-hmm. And by that time, everyone's done with their Christmas parties. Mm-hmm. They're freer. It's not this like Christmas rush. And we can invite people into it and they understand a deeper meaning, mm-hmm. non-Christian people can understand a deeper meaning mm-hmm. of the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, I can think of many times where we've done that and it's been deeply meaningful for some Jewish friends and also for just people who are kind of not church thinkers, goers, mm-hmm. and they're just kind of intrigued with the celebration of a Christmas. It builds curiosity. Yes, yes it builds yeah. curiosity. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for your insight. Thanks for having us. Awesome. Well, we will see you guys in the next episode. Thanks, guys.